Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, our two home improvement, our own award-winning Megan Lynch. She's been around here for quite some time, uh, award recipient for in our industry. She's quite well-placed, and she knows her business. Uh, so she keeps you apprised of the news around St. Louis. So compliments, tip of the hat to Megan Lynch, and frankly to the whole Camelwax news staff. Uh, we have one of the few radio stations with a real news staff. Uh, you know, some folks just kind of take what somebody else said or whatever and, and re-broadcast uh, it. Uh, we are originators of news reports. Um, so anyway, it's just uh, part of the CAMWEX unique service that we are when, you know, taking it very seriously about being part of the community and, you know, how we serve. So uh, 314-436-7900 puts us together on the phone lines, toll-free 800-925-1120. I invite your calls. My apology to John last hour. I had a minute for a, a question. John, please call in if you'd like. I, I welcome your call one, once again. I'll put you back on. Um, but indeed, uh, golly, sometimes the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, they have rules about this stuff. And they don't like, you know, builder guys coming in and messing with their schedule and federal laws. So I, I appreciate your assistance in keeping me here with Bosco in the studio and not in the federal, federal penitentiary for uh, not following FCC laws. Uh, you know, minor ish issue there, but, you know, I kind of like a simple life where, you know, three meals a day and, you know, everything taken care of living in an orange, you know, one piece onesie jumpsuit. Uh, not my style. Uh, 314-436-7900, toll free 800-925-1120. Bosco is cranking out 50,000 watts. Happy birthday, USA. Uh, this truly is happy birthday. Uh, if you think about what it was like uh, at the founding of our country, um, you really couldn't really tell uh, who was friend or foe. Uh, we've had some very difficult times. Uh, if you think about living <clears throat> effectively in peace and then deciding you don't want to be part of that country anymore or that protectorate um, and, uh, you know, by the way, we get up and, you know, tomorrow you and I go out and we fight, you know, guns and all that. Holy smokes, now we have an organized uh, military that uh, we uh, celebrate and they, uh, <laughs> they're they on the watch when we're asleep. Uh, you and I are here celebrating here on this weekend and the next few days. Uh, you know, our biggest deal is what do we barbecue on the grill uh, and in other parts of the world, and even here uh, on our own homeland, uh, that's not the simple part. So my gratitude for all the first responders, firefighters, men in blue, uh, the U.S. military at home and abroad. Um, I mean, tip of the hat. Uh, I went to a ball game last night, all that's, you know, typically American, and not a worry. You know, I wasn't worried about getting bombed or shot or whatever. It was, it was, you know, gee, uh, you know, can I find some peanuts from a vendor? Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's uh, see what's cooking. Get started with a very patient Dorothy. Dorothy, thank you for your call. How may I help? Hello, Dorothy. Are you still there? Oh, or did I put you, you to sleep? You hear my name. 
Yes, we have. Uh, we've purchased a home, and there is a deck on the back with an aluminum um, cover. Mm-hmm. Now the cover is looks like about a four inch three piece put together, you know, three four inch squares put together, mm-hmm. and it's leaking between those uh, joints. How do we seal that? Uh, those are difficult. Um, uh, the issue with those uh, effectively is the uh, they may be too flat. Think of those. Uh, sections on those metal roofs as mm-hmm. being tiny little gutters, Dorothy. So they clip together, and if there's enough slope, in other words, if there's enough fall, then the water runs off the roof before they leak through. If you flat, there is, go there ahead. is a good fall to the roof. Wow, that's not, I don't think that's you can stand underneath it and see daylight through a couple of them. Oh my! And there, you know, we just our contractor that did the work on our house said. I won't put a man up there because they're too, I think they're too flimsy. Well, they are. I, I totally agree with that. Um, man, um, if you can see daylight through it on a metal-to-metal seal, um, then the design is deficient, frankly. Uh, I don't, and we don't know how, how old it is. Yeah, I, uh, frankly, I would start all over. I would, uh, oh. if, if you want it to be waterproof. Um, yes. Some of those things are really intended to be shade only. And they're considered three-season rooms where they're not really waterproof. But the more intricate the lapping and connection from metal panel to metal panel is, the more difficult it is for the water to get through. If you can see daylight, um, that's not a water seal design. No. Well, part of it doesn't leak. I mean, just one end of the room, of the area leaks, the other end doesn't leak. Well, let me give you an, off, uh, an, an offering here that um, if... Um, if you can power wash those grooves clean, so caulking them without some real, you know, soap and water scrubbing and that, you know, from your contractor might mean, you know, 12 foot long uh, extension poles on, you know, with brush- brushes and soap and water. But you've got to get the grid out um, before and then shoring ensues. So like your contractor saying, I won't send a man up there. Well, you can send a man up if you support that that roof from the bottom side, effectively okay. putting up shoring or two by four, you know, short walls to, to hold it up. So workmen can get up there or go up there with a man lift. But, you know, most companies don't have those laying around. We couldn't get one in the backyard. Well, there you go. You know, welcome to the remodeling world. I said, well, we could great big one and come over the roof. Okay. And I have another real quick question. Okay. The paint where it come where we come up onto the steps yeah. and on the deck is peeling. Now, can we power wash that and get that off and then seal it with something like Kills before it's repainted? Um, it's not stained. It's just painted. Uh, and this is the wood itself or the... Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, uh, painted wood outdoors. Um, and th- is this flat or the vertical side? Um, this, it's it's oh, flat. It's uh, not real... doesn't have a lot of... Uh, drop to it. Yeah. Well, then, yes, you can. Yes, you should. And no, it won't last. Okay. It just, oh. you know, when you start painting flat surfaces outdoors, uh, even mm-hmm. if they're $200 a, a gallon coatings, in this part of the country, Mother Nature is undefeated. She, you know, okay. freeze and thaw will just, it'll peel off um, slate tile, vinyl tiles, it'll peel off paint, you know, and that's why I don't like opaint, opaque deck sealers because they're really just low-grade paint and they just fail. Okay. I'll give you my suggestion for the ceiling. Okay. Throw a tarp over it. What's that? Throw a tarp over it. Amen. There you go. (laughs) Well. Okay. (laughs) 
thank you very much for taking my call. Dorothy, thank you so very much for You're your welcome. patience. Bye now. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. And we are all together in this KMOX thing and the holiday 4th of July. And uh, this is our indeed birthday together. We're all in this together. Uh, you, you know, whether you're citizens yet or citizens to be, <laughs> we're here. Home Improvement, KMOX, 314-436-7900, Welcome to the U.S. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Go Cardinals. Go Cards. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm from St. Louis, <laughs> Cardinal Nation. Yeah, three one four four three six seven nine hundred eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Uh, let's see what's cooking here with uh, Larry. Larry, good afternoon. Welcome to Cam Wex. How may I help, sir? Well, hi, Scott. I sure appreciate your program. Oh, thank you. And I got ready. To, I've been using Ridex for a while, and for some reason Thursday night when I got ready to use it, my mind went totally blank about the ratio of Ridex to water. Uh, usually, it's about. Uh, I just put a tablespoon in about sixteen to twenty ounces. It's just a carrier to get those uh, enzymes into your pipes. Uh, and right. and by the way, Larry, uh, you can go on the callmosby.com, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y, and just type in, there's a search there at the bottom with, you know, the little search symbol. And if you just type in RIDX there, there are about three to 500 fo- uh, questions and answers that I was putting in over these last 20 years on X so people could get to those answers. So if uh, I love your calling. Please call in. Um, but you're, that's the intention for callmosby.com. There's a search part there that you can get those answers. And it'll give you, you know, six or eight or ten things. And, and I know there are two or three that I have there that have that uh, three to one or, or, you know, one tablespoon to a full glass of water. And it, it's typically I get up in the morning and I have my hot drink and, you know, I have a glass and I just mix up something and I go over and dump it down a sink or a toilet or a shower and, you know. Right. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You bet, Larry. Thanks for calling. Bye now. You bet. Bye. And folks, for those of you listening and don't know what RIDX is, R-I-D-X, it is a septic tank material. It is an enzyme that you dump in septic tanks, typically by pouring this thing into water, mixing it up, or some of the things come pre-mixed, and you dump it in your toilet, and you flush it down the toilet, and it goes into your septic tank. And what it is, um, you know, all the craze about probiotics of getting the proper bacteria into our intestines and digestive system, all that stuff is is enzymes that feed on organic waste. So these are the critters that break down the stuff inside a septic tank. Well, if you or I use too much chlorine bleach in our septic tank, which we're not supposed to do because that kills uh, biological enzymes. I mean, bleach kills living stuff. That's what it does. So if you bleach your clothes in the laundry and it goes into your septic tank, you're going to kill the very thing that is uh, breaking down and treating your waste. So the idea is to get this Ridex. Well, the point that I have been making for 20 years is inside the pipes, there is scum and buildup because you and I use shampoo, we use bar soap, there's paraffin wax in it, there are body oils that when we wash our face, comes off, goes down the sink, gets in the pipe, sticks to the side of the pipes. So my point is mix up your Ridex Flush it down the toilet, but don't flush it three or four times. Flush it right before you go to bed because I want this stuff to deposit not in the septic tank but in the pipes. 
It won't hurt MSD, Metropolitan Sewer District, you know, won't really care. They're putting the same stuff in their uh, treatment as well. All it is is biological enzymes. So that's what Ridex is. <clears throat> Some years ago, I had Ridex contact me and say, who are you and why are you telling people to use this stuff <clears throat> contrary to our instructions? And, you know, I told them and, you know, went back and forth. I said, is there any harm in getting this stuff in the pipes? And they said, oh, absolutely not. And Iridix is just a brand name. It's like Keds or Kleenex or whatever. But these biological enzymes, you can get them at all uh, farm and home stores are famous for it. Uh, folks out there in, in the rural areas that have septic tanks, you probably know all about this stuff. The point is for us rural or, or urban dwellers, high density where we're living with sewer systems, uh, all I'm advocating is this stuff gets inside, cleans the scum out from the inside of the pipes. So that's it. Let's uh, see what's cooking next with Carol. Hello, Carol. Welcome to Lunchtime on X. Are you there? Hi, Scott. Yes, I am. Thanks for your patience, uh, thank Carol. And thank you for your service. Uh, our home is 40 years old, and I have cedar siding. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting some cracking from the south and the west exposure. We lost a big tree, and so it's really getting a lot of sun. And my question is, there are small cracks, and then there are some very large cracks. I know those boards have to be replaced. But the smaller cracks, is there anything that I can do before the painter comes and paints? Um, are, are you going to paint it or stain it here, Carol? It worries me when you say paint cedar. It is being painted. It is being painted. Uh, then if that's the case, then the painter needs to be responsible for the proper filler because in the world of chemistry, if you use a filler and it doesn't work with the formulation of the primer and the paint, then you're going to have uh, incompatible materials. So uh, I advocate, I mean, most my company is in the design-build business because I want to control everything. I'm happy being responsible for everything, but I want to control the pieces for success so that then the warranty matters. So I would just have this conversation with your painter, and if he's not um, strong enough to suggest a filler material and 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 explain to you how it works, then, you know, you, you might need a, a better painter. But I suspect there, you know, the, the painter will know what to do. But they have to get along okay. with each other. It's all chemistry. Okay, well, they are replacing, they're talking about replacing 53 boards. Okay. And he wants to cut off the top part of it and not slip it underneath and then caulk, I guess, between the two boards, the ones that don't need to be replaced, and the new board. I wondered if if that was a good solution or no. should it be lifted out and put underneath? Uh, lifted out, put underneath, uh, never, never caulk lap siding, clapboard, C-L-A-P-B-O-A-R-D. Okay. Keep in mind that lap siding 200 years ago, 400 years ago, two and four years ago, that is where the moisture escapes from inside a frame wall. So uh, sealing, though, th this is the error of trying to keep all the weather out, which causes wall cavity problems. So you cannot, in where you and I live, if you can hear my voice, we cannot keep moisture out from inside those walls, period. On a day like today, when it's not raining, the air itself gets moisture inside our wall cavities. So if we caulk it okay. and seal it up from the outside, all we're doing is making it rot. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, so, yes, absolutely. And, and there's a ton of stuff on the Internet on this, Carol. I'm glad you called. Uh, and this is, this is nothing wrong with a painter. This is the difference between a painter and siding and building technology or building science. So thank you for calling. Um, don't caulk it. Slide the siding up underneath. The nails for the board up above need to be about an inch from the bottom of that board and that's why the lap siding slides up underneath because when the humidity or moisture tries to get out of the wall it hits the back side of the siding drips down and it weeps or escapes or dries itself on those laps okay they're also wanting to screw these boards in they had been nailed in previously and he said we're going to screw them because they want to pull out well 40 years ago that's all they used was the nails and they do work themselves out. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with the screws. The The issues okay. with the screws is the heads on the screws are pretty big. You wind up seeing some pretty big screw heads uh, because what happens is that wood shrinks when it dries, um, you know, just like our skin shrinks when it dries. And the sure. hole around that nail or the hole around the screw gets bigger, so it moves away from the shaft of the nail. And and uh, then and the, the wood that the, we actually drove the nail or the screw into, that opens up. So when the wood shrinks, it actually makes the nails loose. Um, okay. that, that's the mechanics of what happens. So I, I'm not opposed to screws at all. That What that means is you can come back two, three years later, and you will, and give them a tightening screw on it. Uh, but there will be, um, the wood gets bigger and smaller, and it's hard to hide the fasteners on lap siding. Okay. Thank you so much for your service. All right, Carol, good luck, and thanks for your patience. I know. Sure. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, University of KMOX. Stay tuned. Rick Edelman's show here at 1 o'clock. And then at 3 o'clock, the KMOX Auto Show with Mark Salem, an old voice from Blast from the Past. 520, the Cards pregame show, Alex Ferrario. And 615 tonight, we've got the Cards versus the Washington Nationals. And John Rooney's off, so Mike Claiborne's going to have the call with Mike Shannon right here on KMOX. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together. We were wrapping up the last half hour of the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby at the helm. I am very, very pleased to be here. As you might recognize, I enjoy myself. I come in here, I turn on this microphone, close my eyes, and I start pressing buttons, of which there are probably 400 in front of me. Maybe 300 if I'm exaggerating, but there are a lot of buttons and 50,000 watts. One of these is an ejection seat that's been installed by the CBS management here. And if I hit the wrong one, boom. So if you hear a lot of dead air, I've done it. I hit the wrong button. Off we go. Well, anyway, maybe that's for me. Maybe that's for Charlie Brennan. I don't know, but I just have a good time and I'm really happy you joined me. And speaking of joining me, let's see what's cooking here with my friend Mary. Mary, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on KMOX. How can I help? Well, Scott, uh, we have uh, the two panels by our garage door, you know, the side panels. They're starting to uh, rot at the bottom. And I had thought that we would have to replace both panels until I saw an ad in the paper about a wood restoration system. Do you know anything about that? Uh, is this a wood garage door, Mary? No, it's not. It's metal, but the panel, the wooden panels on the side. Like the frame, the wood frames that yes. go down to the bottom? 
Yes. Yes. Um, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, there, uh, you can fill that wood. It is successful. Um, I'm going to give you. I'm going to scat this up as we call it around the office. I'm going to give you a long answer to a short question. You okay with that? Okay. All right. Hang on to your hat, Mary. Here it comes. Um, the wood door. Uh, gets painted on the bottom or has a threshold so it never really touches concrete. The frames on the side, those two panels as you're describing, that is end grain white wood, which is very easy to rot, and it sits right down on top of the concrete or on top of the floor on the outside on an exterior door. Um, Anytime there's water or just moisture inside the concrete, it wicks up the end grain of that wood on both the trim, which is called the brick mold, and the frame itself, which you're referring to as the panel. Those end never get painted because the painter can't even see them or get to them in the way that door is made and installed. So consequently... Those door, the door panel itself generally lasts a lot longer than the frames do, and these rot from the bottom up. Um, and they can be fixed. Uh, typically, this is like rust or cancer or rot. Uh, it just gets chewed out, and there are uh, some successful wood fillers that set up into a concrete-like material. The problem is between that material and the wood frame itself, uh, that breaks loose, and it's really hard to secure or nail the bottom rotted part to the framing or structure of the garage. You following me so far, Mary? I, I am. <laughs> um, so uh, typically what we see in the dance, and we'll advise this when we get called out to houses about this all the time, uh, we'll say, you know what, you can pick your time when you want to replace this door uh, because the frame is failing. The door is fine. The problem is changing the frame means changing the door. So you can patch this a few times, but what you're doing is forestalling the inevitable door replacement. And some people say, I don't want to do it for three or five years. Can I patch it for three? It's like, sure you can. Uh, just don't fool yourself that this is fixing the door. You're buying time with an inexpensive temporary patch. So, yes, you can. The wood fillers work. Uh, once that rot gets up to within three or four inches below the bottom hinge of the door, if it's on the hinge side, now you're messing with the structure and swing of the door, and that door fit is going to start to fail, and that's when you have to replace that door frame and door. Oh, Okay. Yeah, there's, you know, you can kind of, you can fool Mother Nature part of the time, but other than, you know, sooner or later, she's going to turn us all back into dust. Yeah, okay. Well, I appreciate your answer, Scott. So now I'm in the quandary as to what to do with it, so... Well, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with trying to patch it, too. I don't want to dissuade you. All I'm trying to do is match the expectations with the performance of that particular thing. And, you know, I patch that. Sometimes I just don't want to mess with it. It's, you know, I have a big event coming up in our family this year, whatever it might be. It's like, I'm not changing that door this year. I'll do it next, you know. Sure. But, so I'm just about, this is all about expectations of can I achieve what I'm after with this thing, so... Okay, well, thank you so much for all your trouble. Okay? You bet. Thanks, Mary. All righty, bye. Bye now. I mean, I love this show, and, and I love people, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see what's cooking with Robert. Hey, Robert Scott here. How can I help, my friend? Oh, hello. Yes, sir. Scott, thanks for taking the call. Yeah. I got a, <laughs> I don't have a big question. It's a small matter about a kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. 
my wife asked about these uh, Santa sticks that they're commercializing now, mm-hmm. advertising about taking out the odor and uh, cleaning out your uh, drains. You know, you just put the small stick down inside yep. the uh, the opening. Yes. And she was just wondering what your idea is or your knowledge about these things, um, <laughs> particularly about your uh, disposal, you know. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the Sani sticks are basically chlorine rods, rigid, like a toothpick sort of thing, only a little bigger. And you drop them down in the drain, and they bleach your stinky drain pipes to kill the odors, and that's how they control the odors. Oh, yeah. Uh, and in a disposal, um, you can effectively do the same—you uh, can grind up ice cubes, uh, whatever. But it, it, uh, the issue with uh, garbage disposals or disposers or grinders or whatever you want to call them um, is there's a plaque. Just like—imagine the teeth on that grinder that never gets— cleaned by the dentist so the stuff builds up on those teeth and that's why you'll hear of well i like to put uh ice cubes down there because what it does is it abrades it'll break up the ice while it's cleaning but it knocks the plaque and the residue off uh and the issue is uh putting some bleach down in there or an odor contaminant i'm i'm fine with the sani sticks in the disposers. I am not fine with sani sticks down uh, shower, tub, or sink drains because hair goes down all that, especially women's longer hair. And it'll set up, it'll capture that hair. The uh, wax from the shampoos and the soaps and the oils will clog to that and you will plug up your sink even though you make it uh, clean. So my real advice for other sinks, Robert, not necessarily a kitchen sink, take a toothbrush down there and scrub out the surface of the sides of those vertical pipes up and down because that's where the sludge is sticking. And that's where this, the drain odor comes from. In sinks, uh, a lot of it's just uh, how do you disinfect the inside of the disposer? I see. Okay, so for the kitchen sink, it's probably all right. Yep, it's it's just like an ice cube itself that's kind of made out of bleach, but all it is is a, kind of a bleach tablet in stick form. Um, and and sinks, you know, it'll grind that stick up. So in a, in a sink, I'm fine with it. Uh, in other drains, it's the kiss of death. It'll just make your drain plug up faster. Well, good. We'll remember that. <laughs> all right, Robert, thank you. Thank you very much. All right, Bye-bye. bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, 50,000 watts. My cohort, Bosco, here is uh, on the treadmill, uh, turning the generator, generating our electricity. A little bit of help from Amarin there. And, you know, the thousands of people it takes to get the electricity to us. Imagine that. And and then my friend Matt on the producer. Uh, So stay tuned. More coming. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yes, indeed. 50,000 watts. We're going right to the phone line see if we can sprint to the completion with Kate. Hello, Kate. Good afternoon on KMOX. How can I help? Hi. Hi, Scott. Uh, I listen to you every week, mm-hmm. and uh, I really like your show. Thank you. It helps, it helps a lot. Uh, I have a roofing question. I want to. I want to replace my roof, mm-hmm. and um, I have a description of four options that I can take or not take. 
Sure. And I, I don't, uh, I, I wanted to ask you about them. Okay. Can you help me with that? Yeah, fire away. Okay, the first option is apply modified asphalt rubberized ice and sh- water shield as underlayment to valleys. Mm-hmm, yep. yep. Would, would you recommend doing that? I insist on that. That, okay. that is the homework necessary. I mean, or the other thing is you just put shingles down and expect nothing ever to go through. Well, it does. Valleys, okay. you know, have water. We have we have water that goes uphill in the winter with ice. Okay. All right. That, then I will do that. And then number two is um, we recommend the installation of one of the following rooftop ventilation systems. So there's A, B, and C. So mm-hmm. A is uh, <clears throat> six additional low-profile static vents. B is three additional and two existing turbines. Um, uh, C is cap over hip and ridge vent, uh, approximately 100 linear feet. And then it, this is note, oh, and it just explains increased ventilation reduces heat and moisture. And, and so that's number two with the three options. Mm-hmm. What would you suggest? Uh, number one, more is better. And continuous is better. Uh, are they recommending any of these? Because some of this is, um, you need some help. You're you, you, there. If you're making the decision without understanding the gravity of each piece, then they're not finished, in my opinion. So, uh, I like the ridge vent. I like it continuous. All of these vents, more is better, uh, but none of these don't work. They all will be effective. Six pan vents or the static vents just mean you have, um, you know, little uh, bumps on your roof, um, and those work fine. Uh, you have six holes in your roof that keep the weather out, but let the vent work. Three pans or three of the same, two turbines. The only downside, turbines are very effective. They just kind of ugly. They're a little dated, and they, you know, they just, it's a big bump on a log. So turbines are not as attractive, and the ridge vent it will be the most attractive and and, luck, and likely the most uh, effective as well, and likely going to be the most costly it is yes okay so you recommend the cap over hinge hip and ridge vents yeah what that means is cap over means you have shingles being nailed over the top of this plastic thing or metal thing to make it more attractive so you'll barely notice this uh and and it generally works so i like ridge vent a lot now then with that kate please 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 make sure that you have intake air do you have any kind of overhang on your house or soffit near the gutters uh well i mean i have the overhang and uh soffit what 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 the overhang is a metal uh, is there a place for the air to get into your attic where that overhang is yeah there are holes up small holes around the whole perfect perfect if you stick your head up in the attic uh nowadays it's very bright outside stick your head up in the attic you should look at those sides you don't have to get up in there you just stick your head up and you should see light glowing from where those holes are which means that the air actually moves through them sometimes uh siding guys cover over the ventilation to where it looks like it's vented and it isn't so that's that's what i expect of your roofer to check that 
So I like the ridge vent, but I also want them to um, make sure that there's intake air because what happens is that air comes in through that overhang. It's cool, it's fresh, and since there's a hole in the top apex, whether it's the pan vents, turbines, or the ridge vent, that cool air washes on the underside of those hot shingles, cools them off, moves the removes the moisture and humidity, and you're moving a lot of air through your attic, which is the whole idea of the thing. Uh huh. So, ask and make sure there is intake air vents. Yeah, yeah. that actually work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're doing the first half of the job of offering you good choices. I like that they're offering you choices, but generally like I like people to kind of own their recommendations and say, well, what do you recommend and why? Well, I want you to pick the most expensive one. It's like, well, of course you do, but what, tell me more so I can judge whether it's worth the extra money. And, well, I didn't really at, go into it and ask after I received the proposal. Mm-hmm. I didn't really ask him stuff like I'm asking you. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I can go and do that, ask, ask him. I, I would. I, I like these are, you know, like how do you pick a contractor? These are consumer questions that where you get a little knowledge. I don't have to know what the answer is, but I need to know whether you know what the answer is. So from a consumer's shoes, that's the judgment of uh, do I trust you to do the work on my house? I just want to make sure you know what you're doing. Okay. Okay. That sounds right. Uh, and, and number C on, on number two is... Oh, no, that's finished. You said yes to cap over here yeah. in Ridgeman. And, and I have a, you know, roofs, roofs are easy to sell because everybody needs one. If you give them a cheap price, they pick the bottom price. The issue is that the roof will last two times, three times, four times longer if you use this ice and water shield in all the valleys and the eaves. Uh, if you properly ventilate the attic, you double the life of the shingles and you don't void your warranty. So there are a lot of things that really shouldn't be options, but I do like that they're bringing it up. But they need to be the basis for a conversation, not just a, you know, stick up your finger and make a decision. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, number three is uh, install new uh, 0.027 gauge aluminum counter flashing cut and stepped into the brick chim- chimney. Yeah, that's flashing. That, <laughs> yeah, that needs to happen. Uh, yes. I thought so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and four is install. Oh, no. I, upgraded architecture. That's a choice. I don't have to read that over the air. Right. Uh, and that's just an aesthetic choice. Do you want to spend money for a prettier roof? That's all. Okay. Number five, last one is prepare, prime, and apply metal coating system to chimney chimney cricket. Okay. Yep. Yes, five. That means you have a metal mini roof on the uphill side of your chimney that instead of the water coming down the roof from above and slamming broadside into your brick, which means it's going to leak, this thing called a cricket is kind of a folded piece of metal, just like folding a piece of paper that makes the water flow left and right around the chimney. And what they're saying is it needs to be refinished. So and that you have a cricket, I'm thrilled. Um, and that they're addressing it, I'm thrilled about that. It sounds like they're offering the right things. I just want them to explain to you what these all mean. So the cricket is a metal, is a piece of metal? That's already there now, apparently. Okay, that is already there, and I can see it and everything, but it's very rusted. Oh, 
Well, then I would ask them, you know, do you, would you give me a proposal for replacing that? Because you're putting a 30-year roof on here. That If that cricket is rusted, it may only have an, another seven years in it. So I would ask them for their recommendation here, Kate. About replacing it? Yeah, or getting a new 30-year life on it, absolutely. Okay, because I didn't think the rust would stay away if they, if they uh, prime and prepare it. Well, it might, and, it, and the metal may be fine, but this, this is where you need their eyes and ears. And this is, again, um, I, I want them to guide me as a homeowner here. Um, and, and these are great consumer questions. So, uh, Okay. Well, <clears throat> Kate, I got to go. I've got okay. 10 seconds. All right. Thank you, Mr. Scott. You bet. Bye okay, now. bye. Home Improvement, Scott, or, or Kate, uh, appreciate it. Happy birthday, U.S. Stay tuned. Rick Edelman next on Camo X.